it feels scary sometimes to say no to things or to step back from things. But I've learned luckily that when I make my life more simple, it makes me feel better. It makes my relationships better. It makes my business go better. Today's guest is Carrie Hoffman, owner of Bigger Life Adventures, which offers yoga and adventure retreats around the world that focus on recovery and healing. She also owns a retreat center and glamping site just outside of the Grand Canyon called Grand Canyon Eco Retreat. As you'll hear in this episode, Carrie is also a trauma-informed yoga teacher and an outdoor guide. She's passionate about inspiring individual healing and recovery in nature. And through her own journey with sobriety, she's been able to create a truly aligned life and business doing what she loves. So let's get into it. I'm your host, Liz Landine, and this is The Outdoor Entrepreneur. Carrie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Liz. Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome to be here. Yeah. Well, I know I've been messaging you about the upcoming Baja trip that you're putting on. And I, I saw that you just opened up a Thailand retreat too. And that looks and sounds incredible. What are, what are the details on that one? Oh, man. We are so excited for that one. So that is not until next fall, but It's a long-awaited yoga and adventure in nature retreat in Thailand. It's in northern Thailand, specifically near Chiang Mai. And that is just a part of the world that is very close to my heart. Uh, My husband and I lived in Thailand for six months a few years ago. And it's just like such a beautiful and spiritual place with like such a unique and friendly culture. And I've just been wanting to lead a yoga retreat there for so long. And the pandemic delayed that, obviously. So I'm glad we finally get to go. It'll involve a lot of awesome stuff, Um, daily yoga and meditation, this cool accommodation at these like eco earthen villas and just lots of fun adventures. Mm, It sounds really, really good. I'll, I'll keep an eye on that one. All right. So let's jump into things. Let's talk maybe younger years. I feel like, you know, when we talk about being, I'm like doing air quotes, outdoorsy or into nature. Uh, it can come off as it has to, you know, look a certain way or you have to maybe have grown up like that. And so I'm curious, you know, where did you grow up and how did you grow up? And were you into the outdoors from an early age or did that just come later in life for you? So I grew up in the Midwest in Iowa and Ohio mostly. And it was a very traditional, typical um, suburban Midwestern upbringing So I would say that as a kid, I liked going outside. I liked playing outside, you know, at recess and in the backyard and stuff. But I wasn't like super outdoorsy. And I know that, you know, my family would go on camping trips and we would go to national parks and stuff um, on all of our breaks from school. But as far as like hiking or doing anything more athletic or like adventurous in the outdoors, I just wasn't really into it as a kid for some reason. And it wasn't until I started doing that stuff on my own as an adult that I realized that I actually did enjoy it. Yeah, that's a similar story for me. I feel like, I mean, we did stuff as a family and all of that, but it wasn't until I think I left for college and then I was out there on my own and I was like, oh, this stuff's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. For me, it was a little bit after that. Like I went to college in New York, so I was like a city person and I was all into that stuff. Um, but after college, I joined the Peace Corps and ended up living in 
very rural, remote village in Tanzania. So that kind of got me just straight into the deep end as far as living a more like rustic, off-grid, outdoorsy type of lifestyle. Yeah, you you really went all in. <laughs> yeah, I did. That's incredible. All right. So from what I understand, in 2016, you decided to give up drinking. And can you talk a little bit about what led up to that decision? And then I'm always curious about like process and implementation. Like it's one thing to make the decision, but then to like stick with it and be successful in it. So I'm curious about like, how did you go about implementing that decision as well? Sure. Basically, I started drinking in college, as a lot of people do. And it kind of just through the years went from being like a social kind of normal seeming thing to being more and more like every day and definitely a coping mechanism and just something I felt like I had to do in order to like feel better in my own skin. And at the same time that all of this was kind of like spiraling in the last few years of my drinking, I was very successful on the outside looking in, you know, I had like a management job. I was like also an entrepreneur on the side. I was, I was working a ton. I was probably working too much. Um, I was married and like, from the outside looking in, everything in my life looked good and normal and fine. But I just really felt on the inside, like I was just crumbling apart with anxiety and depression. And, you know, alcohol just really exacerbates all of those issues in the long run. In the moment, it feels like a solution because it can help in the moment. But then, you know, once the hangover comes, then it's just like everything's even worse. So basically, um, in 2016, there was a series of events that happened with my drinking where I just like made some terrible decisions in a blackout, um, cost me like a lot of dignity. It cost me a working relationship that had to end. And it was just like very demoralizing and embarrassing. So that was, um, the last time I had a drink and I knew pretty much from that moment on that I was quitting and that I was hopefully quitting forever. So in the, in the first place, in early days, um, back in 2016, I feel like there were less resources than there are now. Um, so I did go to 12-step. I went to AA and I had a friend who was like a good friend from the past. We used to drink together. We used to hike together. And she had gotten sober a year before I did. So I really turned to her. She helped me a lot. She told me like what meetings to go to. And she like started, you know, going on backpacking trips with me in early sobriety which helped a lot. And basically, so it was a combination of um, 12 step, finding a new social circle, just trying to like get back to my yoga practice and get back to like who I actually am at heart. And over time, you know, over the past six years, that has evolved a lot. And now I'm no longer involved in 12 step, but I'm involved in a group called Refuge Recovery, which is a more Buddhist mindfulness uh, based approach to recovery. And I have a lot of awesome sober girlfriends who are also like pretty outdoorsy and adventurous. So it's just a combination of like all of those things, I think that keeps me on the path. Hmm. Thanks for sharing that. And, and you know, I heard you mention yoga in there. And I know that from what I know about you, you are really connected to and uh, into yoga and nature, and they've played a big role in your, your adult life. So how did these activities become such a big part of your life? How did you get into them to start with, specifically, I guess, yoga? And how do you think that kind of helps others? I, I guess I'm asking, why are you so passionate about it? 
Um, good question. There are many reasons why I think these things are so important. Just to go back a little bit to how I got into yoga. I actually got into yoga before I quit drinking. Um, I got into yoga about 10 years ago. And like many people do, I was just feeling like I needed to stretch. I was running a lot at the time and I felt like, oh, my muscles are so tight. Like I know I need to stretch more. Maybe I'll try out this yoga thing. I think I got a group on for like a random studio in San Diego where I was living and that started me out with yoga. And I went from, you know, not knowing anything to just like really realizing that I felt so good every time after I went to a yoga class. And I, I just have never stopped since then. Took me a long time to realize that I wanted to teach. But once I decided I did want to teach yoga, I started teaching in 2018. And that has been a really fulfilling and rewarding journey. Then as far as nature goes, I just think nature is so healing, whatever you do in nature, you know, just being outside, noticing like the elements, the animals, all of the things around us it really helps to create a sense of feeling small as a human. And I mean that in a good way. I think it's good for us as humans to like be outside and be part of bigger landscapes and realize that we are really small because sometimes we get so wrapped up in like our own heads and our own problems that they just feel so overwhelming. And I think nature is a really good cure to that. Yeah, agree, agree. I just actually... Last night went went on a nice little hike because I was like, I've gotta, I've gotta get out of this city for a little bit, get on a hike. And it just just that little bit. It doesn't have to be anything extreme, right? It could right. be a park, it could be what whatever. You don't have to head into the mountains to get yeah. those benefits. It could be like taking your shoes off and just putting your feet in the grass for a few minutes, you know, whatever you can do. Yeah. All right. So what then led you to deciding to start your own business? How did how did that come about? Good question. So I had been an entrepreneur before on the side. I had actually done a wedding photography and wedding videography for a while, which was not my passion. It was like something that I I had a degree, I had experience in, but it wasn't like something that really lit me up inside. So when I decided to become a yoga teacher, at the time, my husband and I were living in Thailand. And we were kind of trying to do the digital nomad thing, trying to cobble together like freelance jobs and online jobs in order to just keep ourselves traveling. And, you know, that was fun, but it was also stressful in a lot of ways. And we were on this trip with another good friend of ours. We had to leave Thailand, like renew our visas. So we went to Cambodia to go to Angkor Wat. And we were just on this like four day trip with this friend exploring all of these amazing temple ruins around Angkor Wat. And I remember her saying to us at the beginning of the trip, you know, you guys should just do retreats because you'd be great at it. Like Carrie, you're a yoga teacher. Zach, you're a chef. You guys have tons of travel experience. You know, you know how to organize things like this. You should totally do yoga retreats. And at the time she said that I got major imposter syndrome and I was like, oh, I could never do that. You know, like there's so many people already doing that. Like I would never be able to do that as well. But then it stuck with me. And somehow by the end of this four-day trip in Cambodia, we had decided to do it. We had created a business name and we had started a website. So that was the beginning. 
Wow. Jumping all in. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When inspiration strikes, it strikes, right? (laughs) Right. And I think that's one thing that I've kind of embraced through living a kind of non-traditional lifestyle and having had a lot of different like jobs and endeavors in the past is just this willingness to try new things. Like I've never been afraid to try something new and fail at it. And I think as an entrepreneur, that's necessary because a lot of times you do fail, but you have to be willing to try and you learn from those failures. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, tell us more about Bigger Life Adventures. What services do you offer and what are the various aspects of the business? So Bigger Life Adventures offers yoga and adventure retreats at different destinations around the world. And we started small. We started with um, smaller retreats in the Southwest, which is where we live. So it's where a lot of our people are. And over the years, we've just slowly, sustainably built things up so that now we are able to do longer retreats in like Costa Rica, Baja, Thailand, and I have so many more ideas for the future. So now we do both. We do um, shorter, a little bit more budget-friendly retreats in the Southwest, and we do these longer retreats abroad as well. We focus a lot on our retreats on authentic yoga. So it's not about like, taking the perfect like photos for Instagram while you're on retreat with us of you doing these fancy poses. I like to teach a lot about yoga philosophy, um, the yamas and niyamas and like Ayurveda and meditation and all these other aspects of yoga that get ignored a lot in the United States. Because I think the healing comes from all of that. Yeah, like yes, the poses, the movement classes can be healing, but there's also so much more to it than that. So we focus a lot on the healing power of yoga and the healing power of just getting outside of your comfort zone, whether that's like a big hike in nature or going zip lining for the first time or taking a surf lesson or, you know, whatever it is, sometimes just camping. Some of our retreats are more like camping style and that can be out of people's comfort zones. So our goal is that hopefully everyone who comes on a retreat gets to do something new that like pushes them to grow a little bit. They find community. Community is a big aspect of what we're creating. And also they get to um, learn a little bit more about themselves. And we focus on healing, um, not just from addiction, but from like the myriad of life issues that people go through. So, you know, like not everyone's story is healing from addiction, but a lot of us are healing from trauma or from past relationships or just from like the stress of crazy, hectic life in the United States. So I think that there's something healing for everyone when they come and experience a retreat with us just through the yoga, the nature, the community, whatever it may be. And then I know you have your Grand Canyon Eco Retreat Center as well. Can you talk a little a little bit about that? Yes, for sure. So that came after we started Bigger Life Adventures. We started Bigger Life Adventures and just started planning retreats as like little pop-ups, you know, in different places, different retreat centers or campgrounds or Airbnbs. And we had also kind of had this dream, my husband and I, of having our own place, you know, something creative, something appealing to travelers and something where we can share more, you know, the things that help us and what we believe in. So we started looking at land in Northern Arizona in 2019. And kind of like I was saying about just not being afraid to jump into things, we ended up buying the first piece of land we looked at. And so Grand Canyon Eco Retreat is a 10 acre property between Flagstaff and the Grand Canyon. 
And it's really beautiful. We have beautiful like mountain views. So now we have our yoga deck up here. We have um, glamping yurts for people. We have a tiny cabin. We have a sauna. We have a whole um, like off-grid kitchen set up where my husband cooks amazing, delicious meals for everyone. And this is our home base now. Uh, it sounds incredible. And I know that area, you and I have, have spoken in the past because I I also was looking out that way and it's it's just such a beautiful, beautiful area to be. Mm-hmm. It is really beautiful. And I just also don't want to go without saying that, of course, we're on native land that was stolen from like the Navajo, Havasupai, Wallapai people. And so we try to be good stewards of this land and keep it as wild and natural as possible while we're here. Mm, Yeah, that's great. Thanks for mentioning that. We'll be right back after this quick break. Do you have tons of thoughts, ideas, and shiny things swirling around that entrepreneurial brain of yours? Whether you already have a business or you dream of having one one day, it's always nice to have someone to talk to and run ideas by. So if you're looking for someone to share all that with and sort through it all, I got you. Grab a free 30-minute clarity call and let's have a quick brainstorming session. In case you don't already know, one of my superpowers is really simplifying things. So at the end of the call, you're going to feel clear, organized, aligned, and ready to make some decisions or take some action from a place of inspiration and intention. People seriously love these calls and they get so much out of them. So if you think you'd benefit from something like this, be sure to grab one today. You can message the words Clarity Call to me on Instagram at Liz Landine or go to lizlandine.com, scroll down the page and click the button to schedule your Clarity Call now. I love connecting with listeners in person and I look forward to chatting with you soon. All right, now let's get back into the episode. I'm curious to just maybe ask a little bit more about the off-grid living because it's interesting to me. And I know that's what your your property is. Anything else you can share about that? I'm so interested. Sure. So when we bought the land, it was just 10 acres and completely untouched. Like nobody had ever built here. Um, There were just animals like elk and rabbits and coyotes and all that living here. And so we were starting totally from scratch. So it was a daunting project. You know, you just have to kind of bring it back to basics and be like, what do we need first? Well, we decided... We first needed a driveway, like way to park our car on the land. So, you know, you have to hire someone to come and do that. And then everything just kind of slowly built from there. Luckily, my husband is an electrician. So he's very good at like the whole solar power aspect and installing and setting up all of that. And he's also like a very skilled carpenter. So can build all of our infrastructure, our bathrooms, everything that we ended up needing. He has built basically. And yeah, we live in our converted sprinter van on the land right now. And that works fine. You know, it's like a nice little home on wheels. We travel in it also. But we also have two shipping containers on our property, which are basically like our storage, our office and our kitchen. Like all of our stuff is in these two containers right now. And, you know, the tiny house dream will happen someday. And I know it will be really nice to like live in a house again after so many years of living in a van, but for now we're making it work. (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about this amazing husband of yours. I heard carpenter, electrician, chef, <laughs> all these things. I know, I know. That's why we call him Zach of all trades. Okay, yes, this makes <laughs> yeah. total sense. Uh, well, I know you guys work side by side, right? Um, and that mm-hmm. he's a big part of, of your journey and he helps run the business, all of that. So I'd love to hear more about this dynamic, right, of couples that that live, they play, and they work so closely together. And, you know, specifically, I'd like to hear any maybe advice you have as well for other couples out there who are either maybe wanting to start a business together, or maybe they already have one, but they could be struggling a little bit with that dynamic. So any advice on kind of the challenges that may come with working with your partner and tips or tricks you might have that help to make it work? Oh man, I feel like this can get so complicated. <laughs> this could be a whole podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, it totally could be. So it's been not without its challenges for us, for sure. I'd say one thing that has helped a lot is for both of us to understand more about our differences. And you could um, you know, learn about how different people work in different ways through lots of different resources. I know there's like the Enneagram now that I'm not really familiar with or like the Myers-Briggs personality test. For me, I'm an Ayurvedic health counselor. So I'm very familiar with the three different types of people that exist in the world according to Ayurveda. And when I first learned about this and realized that Zach and I were very different, I was like, oh my gosh, light bulb. Like it makes sense why he does this and this and this and why that drives me crazy. And you know, why he works in this way and I want it done that way. So I think just getting some insight into like different personality types and different working styles is very helpful because that gives us the ability to like let the other person do their own thing in their own way. And I would say also just having um, clear duties and responsibilities helps a lot. So for us, I'm definitely the more like organized, more digital type of person. That's just where my skills are more in like the management, the marketing, all of that type of stuff and the organization. And Zach is very hands-on. Like if he has to sit at a computer for hours, he's like super agitated. But if he gets to build something or cook something or like create a new um, like system of infrastructure at our place, he's like super into that. So having complementary strength has helped us a lot. And then just like taking the things that I'm good at and letting him have the things that he's good at and not trying to like mix the two has worked well for us as well. Those are all really good ones. I, I love the just kind of calling out like people's differences. And it's interesting because this is something I'm like just now starting to get into, you know, I'm getting into like human design and just- Oh, that's another good one. Yeah. And then just learning more about like a feminine and masculine energies and that we both, you know, everybody has them and how does that play out in different parts of relationships? And so- I'm like starting to reevaluate all my past relationships. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's why, <laughs> you know, if I had just known this before I was aware of it, I wouldn't have acted that way or I wouldn't have, you know, responded in that way. Just to have that knowledge and awareness is so, so helpful. Totally. Well, now, you know, so now it'll help yeah. you in the future. So <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> that's right. All right. So what are some of your favorite retreats that you do? So whether that's, maybe in a specific location that you love, or maybe it's a type of activity you really enjoy, or 
even like a group of people that you like spending time with? Do you have a favorite? (laughs) That's so hard. I feel like that's like asking to pick a favorite child. I was trying Um, to find a different word than favorite. (laughs) But let me see. I I can probably narrow it down to maybe like two or something. Mm -hmm. Costa Rica this past March was our first time doing our Costa Rica retreat. And I would say, hands down, that was my favorite retreat that we've ever done. It was the longest retreat that we've ever done, which was great. We had a lot of time to really go deep with this group of people. And we had an amazing group of people. The venue is just fabulous. It's like right in the jungle with waterfalls you can swim in and just like, oh, talk about healing in nature. It's a fabulous place. And so that one, I'm so excited to go back there every year. I'm definitely going to keep doing that one for as long as possible. And then kind of on the flip side, a very different type of retreat that we do is the Trans-Catalina Trail. So that is a backpacking trip that goes all the way across Catalina Island from um, south to north. It's like a 45-mile trail. And we do that as a retreat, which means that We have a gear haul service so people don't have to carry their tents and their big backpacks every day on the trail. They just have to carry their day packs. And then the gear haul service drops off our gear at camp every night. And that that way we also get to have better food. So Zach cooks like really amazing breakfasts and dinners for everyone each day on the trail. We just do like yin yoga on the beach when we're camping at night to stretch out after the hiking. And it's such a simple concept, you know, just like, get up, pack up your stuff, feed yourself, hike across an island. I just love backpacking and through hiking. So I love that one also. Mm, That one sounds wonderful. I feel like I need that one in my life. Yeah, (laughs) next April, you should come. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So how do you keep from getting burnt out? I'm I'm curious on this one. If you do, if you do, I'm not saying you do, but you're running a business, right? You have a lot of moving parts, including the fact that like you're on the road a lot. And then, you know, incorporating like these things that you enjoy. So I just wonder how do you manage like the work versus the life versus the play parts of it? I would say I'm definitely learning from failure in this because I was really burned out last year. And that just came from trying to do it all, doing way too much. In addition to running both businesses last year, I was also teaching a lot. And I think at one point I was teaching like 16 classes a week plus running my businesses. So that was way too much. And of course I got burned out. So I had to learn from that experience and just start cutting back on like some of that stuff that I don't need to be doing. I've always been a doer. I've always been a person that goes a little bit towards like workaholism and doing too much. So I've really had to just kind of try to like pace myself more. And it feels scary sometimes to say no to things or to step back from things. But I've learned luckily that when I make my life more simple, it makes me feel better. It makes my relationships better. It makes my business go better. So just over time, realizing that like, I'm only one person, I can't do it all. And as much as I would love to clone myself and do all the things sometimes, my heart is really in my business and that's where I'm trying to put most of my focus nowadays. Mm. And I would also say having an off season helps a lot. So because um, of where we are with Grand Canyon Eco Retreat, we get real winter up here. Like we get a lot of snow. 
so this place is mostly shut down from November through April. And just having that off season gives us a reason to work less. It gives us an excuse to travel during those months. And I love now having a busy season and more of an off season. And I wish that everyone got to have that. Oh, I want that. Yeah. <laughs> As you're saying that, I'm like, geez, I never thought of an off Maybe season. Maybe <laughs> you can create it for yourself. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Well, we've touched on this a little bit, just the fact, you know, entrepreneurship can be, it can be a real roller coaster ride. And so I'm, I'm wondering, is there something you wish you had been told early on or advice you wish you had received that would have been really helpful to know? Ooh, that's a good question. Honestly, I wish that when I was younger, I would have had like entrepreneurs as mentors, or I wish I would have had people tell me that being an entrepreneur can be so creative and so fulfilling because I always knew I wanted to do something creative or expressive. And I always just geared that towards like studying the arts. You know, I got my degree in film production and I realize now that I'm, I think I'm a natural entrepreneur. I think I just naturally have the personality for it. And I love the creativity that that is forced upon you by having your own business. You know, you have to be creative to find solutions for things and to stand out from everyone else. So I wish that I would have known that I was meant to be an entrepreneur at a younger age. And then I wish I would have like maybe studied business instead of studying the arts all the time. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I don't know your age. I'm I'm 45. And so back in my day, I don't feel like <laughs> there was much conversation around entrepreneurship and and I actually have a, a teacher friend and I, I know in um, school now, it's in high school, they're teaching entrepreneurship at her school, which I think is just such a great idea. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm 35 and I feel like in my school, there was no mention of it. It was like, if you're getting good grades, you're just pushed on to college. And then college is like, well, you, you pick your major and you go get a job for someone else doing that. At least that's yeah. that was kind of what I always assumed I would do. And I never really thought about being an entrepreneur until I was in my 20s and realized that I loved it. Yeah. All right. So what about your current situation or your current setup? Are you just absolutely loving right now? Ooh, I would say I love the freedom. I love being able to schedule in adventures and getaways when I need them. And I love the off season, like I already mentioned. And I love how my job is literally to like, think of fun places that I want to go and fun adventures I want to have and then just invite other people to join. It's amazing. Yeah, I was talking with um, a couple of podcast guests around this, the whole idea of like, what are you interested in? Like what really just do you enjoy doing and just follow your interests? And if you you can create a business out of following your interests. It's just incredible. Yeah, 100%. That's what we did. We just took all of our interests and all of our skills and found a way to use all of them to do this. Yeah. Well, let me ask the flip side to that coin then. What about your current situation or your current setup? Are you maybe wanting to improve or maybe just get a little bit more dialed in? There are so many things. (laughs) I would say... Finding people to help has been a challenge at times. So I would like to find people that are really 
good to maybe help take some of the tasks off my plate. (laughs) Unfortunately, I feel like it's just hard right now. Like everyone is hiring and there's not a lot of people to fill the jobs for some reason. So yeah, I would definitely like to find more help in the future. But that also comes with me having to let go and trust other people, which is sometimes difficult. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, as we start to wrap up, where can people find you? So I'm on social media, primarily Instagram. So it's Bigger Life Adventures on Instagram. And then also for the location-based business, Grand Canyon Eco Retreat on Instagram. Same thing on TikTok, same thing on Facebook. I'm still figuring out how to do TikTok. I feel like I suck at it, but I'm learning. So if anyone out there wants to like teach me how to be better at TikTok, (laughs) let me know. Awesome. Yeah, we'll put all of that in the show notes as well. And then final question, you know, I'm a business strategy and action coach. And so my hope in doing this podcast is to ultimately uh, inspire people to take massive action towards their own dreams and goals to not just dream about it, but to do it and really to be it. So with that in mind, I'd love to close out with an action challenge. What's one thing you want people to get out there and do in pursuit of their own dreams and goals? So what's your action challenge, Carrie? I would say whatever your dream or goal is, whatever's holding you back from doing it, just try to let go a little bit of that fear or that anxiety and take one action step forward towards making your dream happen. And realize that there will be challenges along the way and it won't all be always be easy and there might be failure. But if you never start, then you're never going to have that chance of success. Just take that thing that's like in the back of your mind, your intuition or that dream that you're like trying to stuff back inside and take one step forward on it today. Mm, Perfect place for us to close out. And we'll put all the ways that our listeners can learn more about you and your work in the show notes. And just thank you so much for sharing your journey with us, Carrie. It's been so fun talking with you. Keep kicking ass, keep living an inspired life and happy adventuring. Thank you so much. It's been so awesome to be here. I love your podcast and I really hope that we get to connect more in the future. Thanks for having me. Hey friends, before we wrap up, I wanted to share a gentle reminder that one of the main reasons I started this podcast was to not only live my own inspired life, but to inspire you to do the same and to ultimately take massive action towards your own dreams and goals. So if you're enjoying this podcast and find the content valuable, please subscribe on Apple Podcast and I genuinely enjoy hearing from you. So please be sure to leave a review. If you're on Instagram, I'd love to connect. So follow at Liz Landine. And if you want to support me in the podcast further, you can show your support by one, shopping with our sponsors and two, becoming a Patreon member of The Outdoor Entrepreneur. You get some really awesome perks for being a member, including early access, exclusive bonus episodes, social media shout outs, and even a free business idea brainstorming call with me. All right, until next time, be sure to live life on your terms. And if you're not, make a plan and make it happen, my friends. Adventure awaits and it's all yours. Thank you.